Hey friends, this is Anna with Identity-Based Nutrition, and this is your gift, the why and how of intuitive eating. And this audio is about keys to intuitive eating that are not in the Tuning Fork ebook that you might have purchased. And this is really uh, designed to set you up for success in your intuitive eating endeavors. So if you want to end the war within yourself about what to eat and what not to eat and really find an approach that just works for you uniquely, this audio is for you. So joining me is my friend and colleague, Rachelle Atkinson. She's a nutrition and yoga therapist and just a really gifted person, health practitioner. And we talk a lot about this approach of intuitive eating. So thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. It's always such a pleasure to visit with you. Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk first about what intuitive eating is. This is a sort of a phrase that I coined and we, there's a little bit of confusion sometimes about what is intuitive eating? What does that mean? And I define it as simply the practice of tuning into your body Mm -hmm. and allowing the body to give us the the information about what to eat and what not to eat, when to eat, when not to eat, Mm -hmm. um, what types of foods work for us so that we can really find an approach that is unique. Because as we all know, there's not one right diet Mm -mm. that fits for each person. And -hmm. if there was, we'd all know it and we'd be following it and we'd all be healthy and Mm -hmm. awesome, you know? Right. Yeah, I feel like this is a frontier for so many of us, and yet it's so native. It's how we are biologically and evolutionarily designed is to listen to our own bodies. But somehow we've gotten so disconnected for so many different reasons that it's a new frontier to relearn that there's something trustable inside us in the body's intelligence. Rachel, did you notice as a child that you were kind of naturally intuitive as an eater? I would have to give that some thought. I don't know that I've considered it. I would think all children at a very young age would be, but taste buds and, you know, endocrine systems get so adulterated so quickly with foods like sugars and dairy, um, white flour products that I think really quickly our systems can be thrown off. Like I know I was raised on whole wheat, um, bread, yeah. fresh homemade bread, which I craved and, you know, fresh baked goods. My mom, everything was made from scratch. I was given that gift and we lived on a farm. So I had the gift of garden harvests that were also incorporated in there, but that came along with a lot of fresh baked goods as well. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk more about like what I call confusing foods right. and some of the Good. counterfeits in a little bit too. But mm-hmm. I have noticed that children mm-hmm. seem to be when they're given the chance, naturally really intuitive. Mm -hmm. So we are, in a sense, learning how to return to that state. We are learning how to return to that. Yeah. So just knowing that it's already inside of us, we Mm -hmm. already have that capacity, we've sort of unlearned something, and we have Mm -hmm. to relearn something. Mm -hmm. All right, so I want to contrast it with a typical dieting Mm -hmm. approach, the lists and the food rules and the calorie counting. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we want to transition away from that um, into an intuitive eating approach. Mm-hmm. So 
from my perspective, what I've noticed with dieting, I've noticed it myself, I've noticed it in my clients, is that there's a time and a place for a nutritional protocol or a diet um, at certain times. And you kind of know, uh, you kind of have an internal instinct for, yeah, I really need to follow this protocol or this diet. And you kind of have a, a grace for it. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that at least for myself, um, especially when there's particular... Um, even emergency type of needs for your body. Mm-hmm. It's it's there's a chronic disease you're dealing with. There's times for that, but overall, for most people and the most of the people that I work with, mm-hmm. um, the dieting approach does not work well for them for several different reasons. And one is that whenever we get into a mindset of restriction and deprivation, our bodies go into an automatic. Um, what some people call famine mode, Mm -hmm. which it doesn't really know that there's an abundance of food everywhere. All it knows is I'm not getting nutrients. I'm not getting, um, especially in the really calorie restricted diets Mm -hmm. where you're eating maybe a thousand calories or 1500 calories a day, maybe not Mm -hmm. getting the nourishment that you need. Mm -hmm. Um, so what the body does is it goes in this famine mode. It doesn't really know that there's abundance of foods. And so it really thinks Mm -hmm. that we are in a famine. And so it actually mm-hmm. holds on to weight right. and it stops the body's processes um, that would actually help you, you know, detox and lose weight and, and have more energy. Mm-hmm. So it kind of hijacks and, and totally. what we're wanting to do. Yeah. And I see this all the time with clients too, you know, mostly women in their thirties, forties, and fifties who have been calorie restricting for 10, 20, or even 30 years. And now they're at a place where they're not only not maintaining their weight, they're gaining weight. And I'm talking like 500 to 1,000 calories a day, like severe restriction. And it, study, science shows that the regulators in our brain that regulate metabolism, they have the ability to downregulate or upregulate metabolism. So they will essentially turn the thermostat down or, or turn it up depending on the, what, the, what the body's getting as far as inputs from food and what the body's giving as far as outputs in exercise. So if we're under eating or over exercising, the body has the ability to turn down the thermostat, turn down the metabolism to keep our basal weight the same because it senses that there's a famine here. We're putting out more than we're taking in or we're not taking in as enough enough and so it will downregulate to keep weight the same because it feels like there's a threat and we need to hang on to our fat stores <laughs> so it has nothing you know optimal weight and vitality of course but optimal weight even has nothing to do with the amount of calories we're taking in isn't that such a huge paradigm shift from mm-hmm. some of the ways that we were raised or trained yeah. that it's all about calories in, calories out, right. number of calories. Right. Yeah. Which is what we're discovering is that it's about nutritional content and it's so much about the way that the brain mm-hmm. is understanding what's going on in the body and, and mm-hmm. um, so much has to do with with the brain. It's a biochemical conversation. You know, it's hormonal. Mm-hmm. And how do these the quality of these foods support the actual functional needs of the body? Food is not just a filler. And it's not just energy. It's seriously the building block of your body. Mm. And if you're not giving it the right building blocks, it's going to shut down and change things. Mm. So essentially, um, the dieting mentality is not really serving us. It's not really helping us because of this famine mode that we Mm -hmm. get into, this stress response. 
I think that's another important part of it, right? Is the stress response, not even just from the famine, but the stress response that our bodies go into with this thought of right or wrong, good or bad. Like I have to do it right. And if I don't do it right, this is going to happen. That creates stress, which also hijacks the process of health and optimal weight and vitality. One of the other things I've also noticed is that for myself and my clients, that when when there is that stress response and that kind of restrictive dieting um, mindset is it can become very obsessive. Right. Like I'm always thinking about the next mm-hmm. meal, what I should eat, what I shouldn't eat. Mm-hmm. And you can't actually just live life and absorb right. the beauty around you and live mm-hmm. the life that you're really wanting. Yeah. It becomes this incredibly obsessive mm-hmm. um much larger than life. Um, It becomes larger than the food, just the food, right? We get into that self-judgment and now we're talking about toxic emotions and beliefs, which have an effect for those of us who know anything about body, mind, medicine, you know, that has an effect on the body. Huge effect. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's, that's, that's one of the reasons we want to help you transition into this relationship, mm-hmm. creating a relationship with your body like you would a spouse or a friend, a child. A child. <laughs> it's like there's this relationship that can happen between your mind and your body. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to talk more about mm-hmm. today. Absolutely. Awesome. So I'm going to give you the overview of intuitive eating. And um, the main foundation of intuitive eating, as you might have seen in the Tuning Fork cookbook, is that underneath our hunger and every craving is an underlying need that's good. So this is the foundation of the whole thing. And um, when we learn to tune in to that underlying need and we know how to meet it, then we create this beautiful relationship inside of ourselves. And our bodies respond really well, just mm-hmm. like they would, you know, when you create a relationship and you spend the time to really listen mm-hmm. and love and nurture another person, mm-hmm. how you have that beautiful relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And so for the purposes of this cookbook, I've divided those needs into five categories. And so the five needs are energy and nourishment and comfort, satisfaction and sweetness. And I'm sure there's many other categories, but that kind of narrows it down to the main ones that we experience from day to day, the main mm-hmm. underlying needs. So the way the Tuning Fork Cookbook works is just that you, you listen, you tune into your body, find out what's the underlying need, and then you skip to the section in the cookbook mm-hmm. of you know the foods plus the recipes to meet that need. And this is purely on a physiological level, not, we don't get into the emotions and the mm-hmm. other things, but um, the this at least will get you started, give you a tool to get you started and learning how to listen and create this relationship with your body. So let's talk about needs. Let's do. Yeah. Yeah, We have a really interesting relationship with needs in our culture. No, we don't necessarily like our needs. Yeah. There's a little bit of like, um, almost like it's more, um, esteemed to not have needs. Have you noticed that? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've noticed, though, is um, when I was in the this, the mode of like really banishing my needs, um, I found that they would find some sort of under mm-hmm. uh, underlying sort of uh, unhealthy way to leak out. Right. And th- there's a big key here for everyone is that make no mistake, mm-hmm. your body is going to find a way to get its needs met. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. your heart and your mind, all the part, all the places it within you is going to find a way to get its needs met. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's either going to be done in a way that is healthy mm-hmm. or in a way that's unhealthy. And I think that this is where many addictions come in because we've got this legitimate underlying need mm-hmm. that we've shut down or suppressed or not known how to process. So it's not being met in a mm-hmm. healthy way. Mm-hmm. And so the body and the mind is forced to get it taken care of in a destructive, mm-hmm. unhealthy way. Yeah. Such a good point. I love this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So if you're not listening to the needs of your body, it's going to find a way to get its needs met. Mm -hmm. So like we could take um, an example of the, you know, the sweetness that Mm -hmm. we all need in our lives. Mm -hmm. We're designed to get sweetness, not only from foods, but also from our life. Mm -hmm. The sweetness of a smile or a hug or the sweetness of just connection, heart conversation Mm -hmm. with someone. Mm -hmm. Um, The sweetness of just feeling the beauty of life, Mm -hmm. taking in a sunset or whatever it is that just like lights you up. Mm -hmm. That's the way that we were designed to have this type of sweetness in our life. Mm -hmm. So if we're not, if we're not open to that, if we're not really, um, if our heart's not open to that, we're not really getting that, then we're going to need the cookies, the cakes, mm-hmm. the donuts, the soda, the soda. Mm-hmm. We're going to need the, the sweetness somewhere. The drive through sweetness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So again, coming back to every underlying need is good. We just right. have to learn how to meet it mm-hmm. in a really healthy way. And I, you know, I teach this too, that, and I'm, but it's some, and it's something I'm still learning on a very personal, practical level for myself. But if nothing, if we can take away that mindset that there's something good or bad or wrong or right here, bad or wrong here, Mm. and just meet our sensations, just meet ourselves as a friend, you know, then those, we start to discover that those sensations, those needs, there's a message. There's, like you said, it's just asking for something really good and important. So good. And then. I, I want to sidetrack for just a second mm-hmm. on what you're talking about here because I think it's so important. Um, this whole thing about uh, not seeing ourselves as bad or wrong, I think mm-hmm. so many people, mm-hmm. uh, this is a whole new concept for them mm-hmm. to see what's going on inside of themselves as right. trying to send them a message, right. trying to have a signal or a sensation that mm-hmm. says, there's something that I'm needing here and right. I'm not seeing myself as wrong. Right. Can you speak to some of the things that have really helped you to the degree that you are now, you know, mm-hmm. transition from um, this mentality of mm-hmm. I'm messed up, I'm bad, I'm wrong to really learning how to listen mm-hmm. and honor the the things going on inside you? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to answer your question exactly, but, you know, by nature, I'm a kind of a perfectionist. And so self-pressure and judgment, and they've long been my companions. <laughs> mm. And I think, you know, there's just a point where they wreak enough havoc in your life, whether it's with stress or um, circumstances in your life not going the way you thought they would, and then you're left with having to find a new understanding and a new paradigm and a new way of walking with yourself <laughs> mm-hmm. and meeting yourself. So I'd say some of the, the, the things that have helped me find that union within myself are the practice of yoga and the practice of meditation. 
And the word yoga itself means union. So it's meant, to, it recognizes that there's these tendencies in us to fragment and divide ourselves from ourselves. And it's meant to bring all the pieces of ourselves back into the fold, so to speak, and create this, this integrated friendship with our own beings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that we can, that, that's the only way we're ever going to experience wholeness and happiness and the sense of not being separate from each other and even from God is if we experience not being separate from ourselves. Mm. So, so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Cause I think all of us really just at the deepest level, we want to feel really good inside of our own skin and we want mm-hmm. to be at peace within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is a really beautiful, good yeah, underlying the, desire. The end of the war mm. with ourselves, right? Yep. There's not, a good you and a bad you. <laughs> There's not a you that's inside and a you that's outside. You know, it's it's all work trying to work together to bring you home to yourself mm. and to this relationship you're talking about. So good. That segues us straight into some of the things that might block us, that we might experience, some of the counterfeits, some of the the, the, the junk that, that we encounter that we don't really know what to do with when we're trying to create this relationship within our own skin mm-hmm. to learn how to eat intuitively. Mm-hmm. So taking it just from the eating side, the food side, um, we have a, a whole culture where there's a lot of confusion and a lot of counterfeits about what is actually healthy and loving mm-hmm. to feed ourselves. Like we don't really even know how to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So um, talking about some of the counterfeits that we might experience as we tune into our own bodies, because we're working with a whole new language. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get off on this for a second. It's so interesting to me that, that you know, we learned um, math and science in, mm. uh, and, and, you know, English and all this stuff in school, but we never really learned how to navigate the language of our own bodies how to listen to the sensations and the what's going on inside and to know how to navigate it and process it and mm-hmm. um, not just shut it down and suppress it, which, as mm-hmm. we know, leads to all sorts of not only mental health disorders but also physiological issues and weight gain and chronic pain and all mm-hmm. those different things. So um, let's talk about some of the, the foods mm-hmm. that send signals to our bodies that's confusing. Okay. Yeah. So um, as many of you guys know, I I use the term confusing foods. And confusing foods are the foods that have been messed with, Mm -hmm. um, denatured. They've been maybe processed so many times, Mm -hmm. um, like sugar from the time it gets from the sugar cane to to the white sugar that you buy in the store, I think Mm -hmm. has been through like 21 different processes. (laughs) Um, And so same thing with white flour. It's been through Mm -hmm. through so many processes. Mm -hmm. Is it's just, it's not the same Mm -hmm. thing as its former self. It's just not even the same thing. Your body doesn't know what to do with it. So, so let's just talk about sugar for a moment. Mm -hmm. Um, What does sugar do that might confuse our, the the body's signals Mm -hmm. um, making us um, want something that is like a counterfeit to Mm -hmm. what we're actually wanting? Wow, there's just so many things I'm thinking of with sugar. One is it's what we call an anti-nutrient, so it actually robs the body of other nutrients to be able to be processed in your body. One molecule of sugar, I think, requires like 52 molecules of magnesium. Oh my gosh. Just to be processed. 
So, you know, even though it's a form of, it's essentially glucose and your body could use it for energy, it's robbing your body of valuable nutrition. But it also strikes the pleasure center in the brain, right? And makes, helps your brain produce a temporary surge of serotonin. So, which is a feel good. It's a feel good hormone or neurotransmitter, actually. So, to have that reward from sugar makes the body, it's a, like you said, a counterfeit signal. Oh, this is what I need when I either need energy, quick energy, mm-hmm. or a quick feel good. And it's a completely counterfeit signal that's disrupting the body's mechanisms. So the reason that we would reach for the soda or Mm -hmm. the cookie or something that has Mm -hmm. the sugar in it Mm -hmm. is because not only is it going to give us that sort of uh, counterfeit boost of energy, Mm -hmm. but it's also going to give us that feel good um, sensation in our brains. And go ahead. Well, which speaks to the sweetness that you're talking about, right? We also get serotonin in the feel good neurotransmitters from relationships, Mm-hmm. and touch and eye contact and nature. So if we're not getting sweetness in other forms, it's more likely we're going to reach for the counterfeit. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And um, as we know with things like sugar, as soon as you get on that track, as soon as you eat it um, or drink it, your mm-hmm. body just keeps wanting more and more and right. more. It sets you up for cravings of, of more sugar because of the way it affects your blood sugar. Yeah. yeah, it's a roller coaster it's ride. It's a roller coaster ride. It's leading nowhere good. <laughs> highs and lows, <laughs> crashes and spikes in blood sugar that yeah. can only be uh, satisfied or met, continued with more, hmm. more sugar. Yes. So if you've been beating yourself up for not being able to say no mm-hmm. to the the sugar. Um, this is why. So give mm-hmm. grace and understanding to yourself of understanding why you're experiencing mm-hmm. this and know that there's a way for you to receive the sweetness in your life that you're looking for, the healthy version. Yeah, and the energy. And the, the energy. Sus- the, the sustained high-quality energy. Yes. Yeah. So that's one of the counterfeits, and that's a really big one. It sure is. There's mm-hmm. a huge one in this culture. Um, what would be another one, another counterfeit that you see a whole lot that mm-hmm. people, um, people would, they would confuse their signals as they're trying to learn how to eat intuitively? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking of a couple, but I guess the one I want to go with next would be fast food. Mm. You know, like the, a Big Mac or burger and fries. You know, what's going on there is a true legitimate need for fat and protein. Mm. Yeah. Because the body makes things out of fat and protein. Your brain is 60% fat by weight. Hmm. Every single hormone in your body, all the sex hormones, the hormones that help you feel good again, those are all made out of fat. The neurotransmitters, like we just mentioned in the brain, serotonin, dopamine, all those feel-good neurotransmitters, they're made out of protein. Your muscles are made out of protein. Every tissue in your body is made out of protein. So those cravings are true signals from the body. You truly do need fat and protein, but then it's back at what are your forms of fat and protein because the body will use whatever you give it the best that it can, but those proteins and fats at fast food drive-thrus are extremely denatured. 
you know, no longer in their, even close to their original form. So we have a a sense of like, oh, this is satisfying me, but it actually isn't. So it's confusing Mm -hmm. to our bodies because like, oh, it's sort of what I'm wanting, but it's Mm -hmm. not actually giving Mm -hmm. me what I need and want. Right. But when we have that deep hunger, we go there again. Mm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So another one I've noticed that we have to be really watchful of is caffeine. Yes. Um, So caffeine that, that comes in coffee or black tea um, soda, soda, mm-hmm. the the caffeine hit that uh, we we experience, it can make us not only can it kind of um, mess with our hunger signals. Mm-hmm. You notice like you can probably go a whole lot longer without eating mm-hmm. after you've had some caffeine because it's a hunger suppressant. Which some people really feel like, oh yeah, that's a good thing. I'm not hungry. But the downside to it is that since your body's not getting the nutrients that it needs, later on, you're going to end up eating a whole lot more than you normally would have throughout the day because your body's like, oh, good, finally, I can actually get the, my, my uh, nutrition needs met. Mm-hmm. And so it's, um, it's very out of balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and a caffeine also um, messes with your adrenals. It does. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's another counterfeit energy. Right, it's that desire for energy being met, that true need, yes, being met in a way that is counterfeit. Mm. It's not not a sustainable energy. Yeah, because wouldn't you agree that our bodies have an infinite natural supply of energy within? Mm-hmm. We just have all these blockages that are keeping right. our natural energy from <laughs> your, being expressed. Yeah, your adrenals are meant to do that, but you've yes. got to feed your adrenals appropriately. And caffeine is not, it's a depleting food for the adrenals. Yes. It's not a food, it's a depleting chemical to the adrenals. Yeah. 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 So these are some of the uh, counterfeits that are really going to mess with your ability to tune in to your body. Mm -hmm. And when you understand what's going on, then it's so much easier. Yeah. So, so, so much easier. So I have a quick question for you about the five needs. Can you just distinguish um, nourishment from from satisfaction. How do you distinguish those? Yes. So nourishment is built more around this like the sense of I'm hungry um, and I just feel like I need something to um, hmm, let me see how to how to distinguish it. Actually, let me go to satisfaction first. I think that would be a lot easier. Satisfaction is whenever you you feel that deep sense of hunger, like I need something a little bit heavier. That's what I would call like the Big Mac and fries. Exactly. The burger and fries would be for satisfaction. Yeah. Okay. This is the proteins and fats that you're mm-hmm. really looking for and needing mm-hmm. versus nourishment would be like kind of a, a general hunger. Nourishment's mm-hmm. my, the default mode, which we'll talk about in a minute. Okay. Um, and uh, the nourishment is, is usually things like um, veggies and mm-hmm. lean meats, like the, mm-hmm. the stuff that the minerals that our bodies are needing. Okay. Satisfaction is more of like, wow, I really need the Big Mac and fries. Mm-hmm. That's what you're probably going to mm-hmm. feel like, especially if you've been on a standard American diet. So you transition over to mm-hmm. things like um, salmon and you know yeah. eggs and healthy you know right. ground beef and you know, things like that. Okay. Yeah, I was just wondering how if I'm having a need, how I would discern if it's for nourishment versus for satisfaction mm-hmm. when I'm looking through your cookbook. Which section do I go to? I'm not yeah. sure if I'm needing nourishment or satisfaction. So yeah. And the helps. truth is. Um, again, we'll talk about the default mode here in a moment, but the truth is we probably need both nourishment and satisfaction, um, Mm -hmm. as kind of our default mode in every meal. Gotcha. 
So um, we're going to cover in a few minutes um, just the practical stuff about how to do that. Fun. Great question. Okay, so let's get to some of the practical stuff about um, on on a day-to-day level, how we actually implement intuitive eating Mm -hmm. into our day. And I want to make it simple for everyone. Um, Right before you decide what you're going to Mm. eat... um, what I encourage you to do, and I've just found this practice to be really helpful for me, is to just take a few deep breaths, mm. just to to get out of the mind space that's running a million miles an hour and thinking about all of the different things, and moving into the body space, mm-hmm. which is the space of um, sensations mm-hmm. and intuition, and your body is more than happy to tell you what it needs, mm-hmm. and it's just us literally tuning in. So once we do that, you take the if just a few deep breaths. The, the next thing I want you to do is just drink a glass of water mm-hmm. because dehydration can often mask itself as a mild hunger. Mm-hmm. So we might actually think that we're really hungry when we're actually really thirsty. Mm-hmm. And we don't know that we just need some you know, hydration because the body's made up of what, 90% water? Something mm-hmm. roughly? Yeah. Okay, so, so drink water. And then just ask the question, what is my need? Mm-hmm. And um, when you ask the question, what is my need, um, you, you, you will have a sense, like, I need more, I, I really am, like, super hungry, I need this, like, lots of, you'll feel like, mm-hmm. I, I really need um, some fats and some proteins, mm-hmm. or I, I really just need something light, like a really healthy, congruent salad, mm-hmm. um, deeply nourishing salad, um, you, you'll have a sense. You will. And that language of the body is not necessarily, like you said, the language of the body is sensation, not necessarily words right away. So the yes. word, it's not a word-based language. Yeah, that's a great point. You're not going to hear, yeah. you know, a voice in your head saying, go right. get eggs. And <laughs> <laughs> it's a sense. It's a, sense. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a feeling. And, mm-hmm. and we have to get comfortable with sensations and feelings. Mm-hmm. And we don't recognize those until, like you said, we get out of the head and down into the body. Yeah. Which is what the deep breaths the do. The deep breaths. Yeah, yes. getting us into the body. Um, so let's talk about the default mode that I like mm-hmm. to uh, yeah, I, I like to really unpack because many people at first are uncomfortable with um, sensing and feeling their bodies, mm-hmm. and it's okay. This is this is um, common. It's a frontier. We're relearning. Yes. <laughs> and so if at first you're like, I'm tuning in and I'm listening and I have no idea what to eat. Yeah. I have no clue what my body's trying to tell me. Then we're going to give you the default mode, which is really the satisfaction and nourishment section mm-hmm. of the cookbook. Mm-hmm. And essentially there is a, a basic structure that you can always default back to if mm-hmm. you don't know what it is that what I need. Eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what your need is. Mm-hmm. And so can you talk a little bit about the plate yeah, that you Sure. Well, it starts recommend? with uh, understanding that default mo- mode is whole foods not processed foods. So if that's all you ever did is switch from processed foods to whole foods, you would vastly improve your health. That's such a great point. Right. So whole foods being foods as they are found in nature, as God made them, God foods, some people like to call them. Yes. If it's no longer recognizable, if you, you, know, you look at the box of cereal and you can't Im- immediately picture where that came from in nature, that tells you it's not a whole food. <laughs> also, whole foods don't carry ingredient labels because they're the only ingredient in themselves. An apple doesn't have to have an ingredient label, right? So that's another way to know that you're eating whole foods. Mm. So first of all, default mode is just whole foods. But then, yeah, the template I like to give people that I work with 
for an idea of, of default mode is a picture of your plate and ideally half the plate would be vegetables, a quarter of the plate would be a quality protein, which is your you know, lean animal proteins or eggs, nuts or seeds, and then the other quarter of the plate is divided equally between um, healthy fats and whole food carbohydrates. So the carbs being your grains, fruit, and beans are actually a carbohydrate, not a protein. And then your healthy fats being fat as it's found in nature. So, Great. yeah, butter, avocado, olive oil. Hmm. Yeah. Perfect. I'll give an example of what that looked like for me mm-hmm. last night. Right. I had uh, dinner with my sister, and she had made this great meal. And there was a beautiful kale salad mm. and then salmon for the healthy protein. Yum. And then um, a half of a sweet potato for the mm-hmm. carbohydrate. Right. And then she had um, you know, this av- avocado and avocado dressing. Mm-hmm. And so that they covered the healthy fat. They did. Perfect. And so it was a perfectly balanced meal, and mm-hmm. I applauded her for it. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> a, a lucky sister you were last night. Yes. <laughs> So that's a really good default mode um, for a a, a good template. It is. If you don't know what to eat, you Mm -hmm. don't know what your body's asking for, Mm -hmm. there you go. Right. So making intuitive eating easy, that's another thing that I think is super important here on a practical Mm -hmm. level. And uh, one of the things that I love to do, and we've talked some about, is is, um, preparing ahead of time, Mm -hmm. batch cooking. It doesn't have to be hard or complicated. Mm -hmm. I just tell people, you know, turn on a feel-good movie or turn on music and make a date with your kitchen (laughs) on a Sunday afternoon and just, like, prepare because we need these healthy, congruent foods Mm -hmm. around us and available at all times. Mm -hmm. So this doesn't mean that every time you tune into your body, you're going to have to make this, like, really complicated expensive meal. What it means is that if you have done your work and you've prepared for just a couple of hours, Mm -hmm. um, ahead of time, then you can have foods that are already pre-prepared to some degree, just in your fridge, you know, in your pantry, ready to roll, Mm -hmm. where it can literally take just a few minutes. Right. So it never feels like deprivation. Right. And you can always tune in. You can be like, mm-hmm. okay, what is my body needing now? Or I'll, okay, I've got my natural, almost like my little salad bar within my fridge. I can mm-hmm. be like that, 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 and that. Mm-hmm. Put that together, and now mm-hmm. I have my Perfect. healthy, intuitive, congruent meal. Yes. So um, let's talk about some of the favorite batch cooking um, ideas that you have. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of your favorites that you like to have in your refrigerator mm-hmm. for ease? Yeah, I'm still not good at this part. I'm learning a lot from you. I always have um, pasture-raised eggs, though. Me too. In my fridge. You know, a dozen or two dozen so that I can easily fry a couple eggs or soft-boil half a dozen eggs or make a quiche. So, and then I love having vegetables on hand to roast. And so I'll roast a big batch of veggies. I know you do this too. Yes. Yeah. Or make a big pot of soup with mm-hmm. them that I can have on hand. Those are all great. Yeah. I love um, having soft boiled eggs to take mm-hmm. with me 
You know, mm-hmm. if I'm not going to be home for dinner or for mm-hmm. lunch, you know, just take them with me. Right. Um, or eggs to just fry up really quickly because you right. get the fats and the proteins right. Right all there. in one. Mm-hmm. So satisfying. Mm-hmm. Roasted veggies, fantastic, mm-hmm. like sweet potatoes. Um, we have a section in the cookbook about this. Mm-hmm. Um you know, roasted, uh, roasted sweet potatoes and beets and butternut squash and mm-hmm. like spaghetti squash. If that's mm-hmm. already done, you right. scoop it out and you can pour marinara sauce on it and raw mm-hmm. goat cheese and you have your spaghetti right? so quickly. Um, so we do, I do recommend cooking these ahead of time as much as you can so that they're mm-hmm. just ready to go. Mm-hmm. You can reheat or not depending mm-hmm. on what your needs are. Um, mason jar meal creations. That's such a lovely recipe. That one's probably my top. It's so beautiful. Yeah, so inspiring. Yeah, check that one out, guys. And then um, I like to have quinoa in hand. Yes, I do that too. I learned I that one from you. I like to have wild-caught uh, canned salmon on hand because it's super easy to toss on top of a salad or mix up with an egg and fry into salmon patties for something hot. And then always, if I don't have greens in my garden, I like to always have a box of pre-washed greens that I can either throw in the frying pan with my eggs or uses the base for a quick salad. That's perfect. Yeah, so I'm not as good at batch cooking as you are, but I do try to have those whole food ingredients always in my pantry and refrigerator. You know, the quinoa, the canned salmon, eggs, and greens. <laughs> I love it. And really, you need to give yourself more credit because I learned a lot of these things <laughs> from you too. So it's mutual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so the other thing too that I, I usually have on hand is um, th- like an avocado dressing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or, um, or just avocado. Or just avocado, <laughs> because you can throw that onto a salad so fast. So, or into a smoothie so yes. quickly. Mm-hmm. avocado. Love it. All right, so the last thing I want to mention about um, having what to have on hand is, you guys, seriously, have desserts on hand. And I've learned about this from you. <laughs> My go-to would just be a, you know, a 70 to 80% dark chocolate bar. Which is but great, too. It works, right? But... A decadent dessert is so much more pleasurable sometimes. Absolutely, and and if we send a signal to our bodies constantly that we're, we're we are um, interested in the sweetness aspect, mm-hmm. and that the, the body gets the the trust cycle of knowing that there's always going to be mm-hmm. something available. Mm-hmm. You don't have to eat it all up at once, or yeah. you know before it goes away. That there's always that you're going to honor that need for sweetness mm-hmm. in your life, and it's going right. to be there. I usually will make up a batch of brownies or, you know, power mm-hmm. balls or macaroons or something and just have mm-hmm. it around mm-hmm. so that, you know, either when I have company over or, you know, um, after dinner, I'm like, it's done and it's ready mm-hmm. to go. Beautiful. And um, so we need to honor that sweetness, yes. that need for sweetness in our life. So there's some good recipes in the cookbook for that. You deserve it. Yes, you do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So just a couple of final thoughts before we wrap up here. Remember that this intuitive eating, all these intuitive eating concepts are about creating a relationship within yourself. Mm -hmm. And the more that you honor Mm -hmm. and listen and create that nurturing relationship with yourself, mm-hmm. the more that your body physiologically will go from that stress response to that relaxation response. Mm-hmm. And that relaxation response is where your body heals. And where it feel, where you feel happy. Exactly. So it mm-hmm. is a, um, it's a win-win. Yes. It really is. <laughs> we want to be there. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, the stress response, our bodies can't heal. We feel terrible all the time. The relaxation response, mm-hmm. we feel great. We feel happy. We feel vibrant and alive. Mm-hmm. That is the state 
our bodies are designed just to heal in. It's right. healing mode, mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm. So there's that aspect. And then there's also just this aspect of constantly listening and mm-hmm. loving who mm-hmm. we are mm-hmm. and loving the skin that we're in, that we've yes. been given. Mm-hmm. You know, you only have one body mm-hmm. and um, we tend to, to treat it pretty roughly. At least mm-hmm. I did for the first several yeah. you know, years of my life and, and learning how to come into a loving, compassionate, understanding relationship mm-hmm. f- with my body has been actually one of the hardest things, mm-hmm. but one of the best things I've ever done. Yeah, me too. And I'm still learning, but I do believe, and I found it to be true that the more I listen, it doesn't actually take a whole lot of loving attention and the body just responds so generously. It's like, it's so grateful that you get more than you gave, you know, and pretty soon the body's just really blessing you with health and with more information. I listen and I get information, more information. Yeah. It's almost like a puppy dog, you yeah, know, like so, so forgiving. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Well, we truly hope that this audio has been helpful mm-hmm. for you. Um, we really hope that you're able to begin the process, whatever stage you're at, begin the process of learning how to love and honor and nurture the skin mm-hmm. that you're in. And if you feel like you need more help, please stay tuned to the um, my Facebook page. Uh, get on my email list if you're not already because there are programs that either Rachelle and I do together that she offers or that I offer to really help you tune into your body, to listen more. Um, and, and some of it's more on the emotional side, not just the physical side. So we can really support you if you're dealing with things like, I don't want to listen to my body. And when I tune in, I feel these sensations of stress and fear and anxiety. And so I just want to like get out. All of that is very common and we have some tools for you. So, so like the Facebook page, um, I'm going to, in the show notes, I'm going to give you Rachel's information as well. So you can get on her email list. She's got some great offerings like her I rest meditation, her cooking classes. Um, I have a program coming up in October. So we really want you to have uh, all the tools that you need in order to thrive in your body. And what a gift this cookbook is, Anna. Wow. Like, Congratulations on completing that. And congratulations to all of you listening who have it in your hands, who've purchased it. What a beautiful gift Thank to you. the world. Thank yeah. you. It was uh, so much fun to work on. And I can um, imagine. I'm really looking forward to um, just seeing how people benefit from it. And yeah. um, even myself, I learned new things as I was working on it. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me.